0: This is a Bramble Jam Podcast. Hi, I'm Brian and I love lifetime movies, baby! <laughs> I'm
1: Chris, and I'm in a lifetime movie, baby.
0: And this isn't at the Hallmark Podcast. Yeah, 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 yeah. Here we are, everybody. The crew's back together. And by the crew, it's just me and Chris, the way that God intended it, none of those other jokers. Chris, how you doing, buddy?
1: I'm doing good, man. How are you doing, Brian?
0: Doing great. Can you believe this? Can you believe you and I? Look at look at where we've come from. we're coming up on four our four year friendship anniversary, buddy.
1: This is a big deal, dude. This is a yeah. big deal. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, I remember when I got a creepy little uh, DM.
0: Don't somebody call it slipped, creepy. Don't call it creepy. Slipped,
1: somebody slipped into my DMs in the summer of 2018. That's when it was.
0: That's where, That's when it was. What's the weirdest thing?
1: You were, thing? Like, you were so- like, bro, you got to just check this pilot thing we made out, please. And I'll never forget it. It's in the foreword of your book. I talk about it. But it was like this hot, crazy, sweaty summer in Florida. I was sleeping in my like this little key bed. Like it was a, a, a child sized bed in a room that had no air conditioning and I was cleaning out a septic tank and I listened to your podcast and I just started cracking up. Like it was legitimately, it made me feel good about doing Hallmark movies as a guy. I was like, all right, if these guys are, if these guys, if this is their take on it. There's a bigger audience than, uh, than what I was thinking. I
0: love it. I love it. I love that. And then now look at us. You've been on our show thousands of times at this point and, uh,
1: Literally a hundred thousand times, I think.
0: hundred thousand times. But this is a pretty big one because we're talking not just about lifetime, but a little a little movie called Jurassic World that's coming out.
1: Yeah, we should talk about that.
0: What a month you're having. What a month.
1: Oh my gosh, this month is crazy. I'm looking at my background. i feel like it's pretty distracting. I'm trying to find a I'm trying to find a background that you guys are just gonna be completely distracted by my I think Everybody's no
0: no one's gonna be just they're just looking at that sweet sweet stash, baby.
1: I don't know, man. I don't know what's going on with that. But um yeah, dude, things are crazy this month. June is gonna be a big month.
0: Are you gonna do a bunch of are you gonna be on um are you doing a late night circuit? What are they what do they got you doing over there for Jurassic World?
1: You know what they've got? They've got me they got? they've got me in the lineup behind uh Chris Pratt, Bryce Dallas Howard, uh Laura Dern. Sam Neill, Jeff Goldblum, and then Duwanda Wise is like the new face that they're like, I am, I'm uh, like, I think I opened up a, there was like a, like a preschool, uh, like a brand new preschool that had like a ribbon cutting ceremony and I showed up and cut the ribbon for that. Like that's, that's (laughs) my breast for Jurassic.
0: Are you going, is there, are you going to the premiere or will you be back in time? You know what, man? I,
1: I'm going to give you a spoiler. I'm not supposed to talk about it, but I am filming a movie for a company we both know and love, for a season we both know and love. Mm -hmm. I'm not gonna tell you what it's called, or who I'm acting with, but I will say that it shoots in Canada, and I will say that the policy of the company that I'm working for is that once you're there, you can't leave, and I will not be. At the premiere of Jurassic World. I will be missing my premiere.
0: It's kind of heartbreaking, isn't it?
1: I mean, it's not. Because to be really honest with you, um, work is work. And a premiere is a fun party. Uh, And yeah, it would have been awesome to see everybody again. My wife and kids are going to go. Well, that's nice. I've been the director for close to 30 years at this point point, it would have been a fun night to celebrate a victory lap with him um, so yeah I'm a little sad that I don't get to be there for those reasons but yeah I'll
0: see I'll it in the theater where you're supposed to see it
1: and I'll just have my little hat on and I'm gonna like you know get in there and just watch a movie like a good old fashioned movie
0: good old fashioned movie good old fashioned movie but the, you there wasn't a premiere for Wonder Woman was there because of COVID so uh, this was yeah, like yeah
1: no, I know I'm, I'm, I'm back in two for two like that government. How many how many times do you get a shot to be in a big blockbuster movie and like little roles we're not talking about like lead roles I mean that would be a different thing but like in both times you're, you're uh, not able to have a premiere for whatever reason the pandemic struck up one and and life strikes out at the
0: other amen what's a French say what's a bigger role? like the wonder woman where like it's it, it matters. Like you, you're pretty, like you're pretty important. Although they, you know, they use someone else in place of you for a lot of it, but like your role matters matters. or Jurassic world.
1: I think, I think the import of wonder of, of the handsome man, it was more integral to the uh, storyline than Wyatt Huntley is to uh, Jurassic but Wyatt Huntley, like I get to play in Chris Pratt's storyline, and then these movies, this, these two storylines converge. It's like Star Wars. There's one happening, there's one thing happening, another thing's happening, and then these storylines converge. And um, my guys, like <clears throat> in that first storyline with Chris, um, a little bit. I'm gonna say Wonder Woman. I'm gonna give you the Wonder okay. Woman.
0: Yeah, oh, fair enough. I'm excited about it though.
1: It. I haven't seen it, and i i mean, I might not even be in the damn movie, dude. To be really honest, I might be grateful. <laughs> You're in I'm the
0: trailer. You were in a trailer for a second, right?
1: I might be grateful that I'm not at the premiere because I might be <laughs> sitting there with hot shame pouring down my body, being like, "I got cut from the movie. Like, I'm not in this thing anymore."
0: They spent a lot of money though to to fly you out there to put you up. You were there for a long time
1: right? Yeah, was. like June June through October and they brought my wife and kids out. So
0: like, that's not a small investment to just cut somebody out. I don't think you're going to get cut.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I don't
0: think you're going to get cut. It just doesn't make hey, financial sense.
1: If you want to piss the Palaha has off my, the art, the Palaha nation, if you want to, if you want to get all my, my crew to not come see your movie, the quickest way to do that is to cut your boy out.
0: That's right. That's, That's, they're actually going to, if they cut you out, that's, they're going to see the, like the numbers not be quite as high. And they're going to be like, Whoa, what happened? The full
1: full wrath of the Yeah,
0: a rabid fan base. I will say, um, I'm, I'm, I'm excited about this. Is the last of the Jurassic world trilogy, whatever that (laughs) means. So this is it, right?
1: Yeah. I mean, I think so, but don't you feel like they're kind of pushing a whole new, uh, a whole new universe to the forefront like they're kind of retiring the old guard and they're saying okay you guys did your three movies and and you're good to go but it kind of feels like there's another round about to begin Ooh, thank you
0: what'd you get is this the burger
1: good Cook, yeah look at this you guys look at that day's back.
0: um are those french fries
1: yeah they're pommes wow. frites. frites here
0: they're just better there. that's what I hear. they're better there. I,
1: I don't even know how we're going to do this man. This interview is me eating and uh, you watching me eat and I'm holding the phone. this is like this is the jankiest interview I've ever given in my life, and it's only because I've been on your show a million times.:
0: Yeah, at this point, who cares right but this is this is, this is how uh how you ca- how much you're this is if you were to care about this. Like make room for it. They would have given you Fallon. Like this was this was the audition to see can he handle like doing press for Jurassic World. And I don't know, buddy. Did I feel?
1: Or 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 I'm so relaxed and you're gonna get such a great interview that it's this amazing candid shot into an actor's life. I was standing in the uh, the lobby over here, right way over here. Yep. And these women, they look at me and they say. Are you um, this famous Mexican actor? And they had a name for him. And I said no. And they said, "Where are you from?" And I said, "I'm American. I'm an American guy." She's like, "Oh, you look like this uh, famous Mexican actor." That would you're not to- though. As
0: far as, you to- know, prefer, as far as you know, as far as you know, you're not. What if no, I know. am though?
1: What if I've got a whole fan base that I didn't even know about?
0: <laughs> I would love that. What if? But they they they're taking your Hallmark movies and translating them into Spanish. And that's how the French are seeing you.
1: That would be amazing.
0: That's very, it's very layered, but it's, po- I it's say, possible.
1: I will say that sweet, sweet little mystery 101. God bless that show. It's over here in France right now. And first night up, this woman comes to me. She says, I am a big, big fan. And I was with some friends. And so it looked really good. Cause I was, you know, it's always nice when you notice. And, um, and she, she's a fan. Of the, the people like it. It was here. It's here. And people like it. It's here. Yeah.
0: i mean do it. Do, do I do it? Do we want to get into it? What's going on? What what's going on? What? Are we gonna? You I know, I'm a hard hitting journalist, Chris. <laughs> what's going on?
1: I'm, that's really what I appreciate about you, and always have. I, I have no comment. I really ch- technically have no comment. I mean, there is a script written for number eight. There is talk from the network saying, "Yeah, we're up to doing another one. We can do another one." There's no date to start. Um, I mean, yeah, I have no, I have no comment. There's so many interesting things that have happened in the last few months on social media or. The, all of it. I have no comment, man. I am sans comment.
0: A question I that take we were. Shirt off. Okay. Yeah, I, heard
1: goes, I heard that goes well on your show.
0: Yeah, man. That's how you get the buzz. Although you've got like a mime thing going on, like you're ready to go. Like, did you pack this shirt because you were going to France and you wanted to do a mime bit? Like, are you gonna? Dude, Dude I'm not. I'm like
1: Pablo Picasso. This is. Yeah.
0: You look great. Um who who own, you might not know this. Who owns the property of Mystery 101?
1: The uh, uh, Crown Media does. Thank you so much.
0: They own it. So it could it can it can't be it can't be shopped around.
1: No, it can't. Like it couldn't go to another network and, and have a life anywhere else. It's a Crown Media pro- property.
0: All right. All right. Well, I I'm still holding out hope. I'm still holding out hope as long as the network, Hallmark movies, and mysteries still exist. I'm holding out hope.
1: I'll say this: What if your boy did another mystery?
0: I mean, try 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 him stop me is all I'm gonna say.
1: I mean, what if your boy did something that was really cool and just totally new and a brand new character? And um, you know, what if your boy was up to something else?
0: I want to see my boy... I want to see you be like a killer. I want to see you be the bad guy. Whoa. Do you remember the-
1: when Dan's theory was that my guy was the serial killer?
0: Yeah, that was a pretty good theory. That was a pretty good theory. What's the what's the worst character you've ever played?
1: I mean, like... As an actor, like the worst job I ever
0: did or the No, the no. no, really no, no like record? the you play a lot of like, you know, you know, nice nice guys or grumpy guys that turn nice and blah blah blah. What's like I mean you play the, the, the drunk dad that stops being a drunk and that run the race movie. That's a pretty you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like what's the worst character? Like you're like, man, this guy's despicable.
1: That's a great question, Brian. You really are hard hitting tonight. Um
0: you know, like, my character
1: raped, uh, or tried to, uh, uh, um, the Elizabeth Shue's character on, I was a guest, it was just a guest spot. The guest spots are pretty, they always cast me as the guy that you like, who turns out to be the bad guy.
0: They're oh. guest roles,
1: right? So H, uh, for, uh, in Castle. I mean, I literally killed Castle. <laughs> yeah? I was the guy who shot Beckett and Castle and... The, in the last final season episode of the last final show. I mean that was it. It was done.
0: Weren't you in designated survivor? What's that? Weren't you in designated survivor for a guest spot?
1: In in which one?
0: Designated survivor. Yeah, and I was like a weird kind of You were of like cult, a cult yeah. you were like a cult leader, yeah.
1: Yeah, that was an interesting I was willing to let people burn in a building. Yeah. I was like we were gonna do mass suicide. Yeah, it was pretty dark. Yeah,
0: so it's out. It's out there. Uh, what's this character like in the lifetime movie? Because I can't um, get a. I can't get a. I can't get a handle on it from the uh, the preview.
1: I love that I'm eating a cheeseburger during our interview, man. That's literally that's not a day that, that that's. It's like running going I got up. I ran. I swam in the ocean. Gosh, what a day! I've been screening movies. Yeah. And I got so hungry, I was like, ah, I've got some time. And I came in here at four o'clock my time. I ordered a burger and an hour later, it got delivered to my table. <laughs> I should have had this in my belly already. You and I would be like in a quiet place, chilling out. You know, the character from Lifetime's Buried in Barstow, he is a bit of a, uh, he's a complicated guy. He's got a a dead fiance in his past. He's got uh, some jail time under his belt. He's got, um, he's a dark, he's a dark, mysterious guy. Um, He actually, like, he, he, and and this is, I'm not spoiling anything. This is, you know, you'll hear this in the show. He was drinking and driving, and then as a result ended up killing his fiance. So he's a pretty haunted character. Um, obviously from the previews, Angie Harmon's character, my character, they get it on. Um, but to what, a, to what effects, I'll let you watch and see, you know, to, to how good that it ends up being. I'll let you guys be the judge of that. And you can say, wow, this is, we're going to, this is going to last into this movie too. Or you can be like, uh-oh, what's happening?
0: They, they show, um, a pretty, a pretty steamy kiss in the preview. They That's not a, hom- stuff, that that really- not a home. man. That is not a Hallmark kiss, my friend. That is not a Hallmark kiss. Mm-mm. Did you go in you- for Did you go in for kiss number one? And they were like, What are you doing here? Like I'm gonna, no. I'm gonna tell you a really funny
1: story. Please. So Angie says to me, she's like, I gotta move. I'm like, what's the move? And she's like, it's this cool thing. I'm gonna take my boot. I'm gonna because like, we had to unbuckle each other's pants, we had to pull up each other's pants down a little bit. Like we're talking like a full-on scene. And she's like, I going to put my boot like kind of in between your legs and just uh, pull your pants down and it'll, it'll look really cool and I'm like that sounds that sounds good let's do that so let's try it well she she hooks her boot into my pants and kicks it kicks them down with such force that the underwear come with them and I'm standing on the set just everything out I mean full Monty like the whole world and the cameraman is a good friend of mine this guy named Al and fortunately, he like honored me and, and moved the camera a little bit to the left. And I said, What'd you see? And he was like, Ah, eh, nothing much. And I'm
0: like, Thanks guys. Thanks a lot. <laughs> Not much to see here. Not much uh, to look at. Was it this was this? It's I mean, you've been doing a lot of Hallmark movies. This is the this is this is next level, right? What's your what's your history with intimate scenes and in filming them? Is it as weird as it seems?
1: Yeah. It is it really is unusual. It's the one moment where actors aren't acting. Because you don't fake kissing, you kiss. You actually kiss. You actually bodies your to touching, in and Right. You gotta hopefully like the person and if you don't, then you I mean you're faking it, you're faking the emotion that's behind the actual physical stuff, but you're physically doing stuff. So you really have to build trust, you gotta build a lot of respect. You can't be a creeper and you know be excited. You're like, because that's just gross and that reads. And you gotta be. It's 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 probably the most professional people get on a stage in those moments of intimacy because it's it's real and you don't want to get. In tr- I mean, also you don't want to get in trouble. You don't sure. want to be the guy that like they say. Oh, well, this was happening while you know what I mean. Or or the girl. I mean, people people can be weird. So you gotta make sure that all lines of communication clear and clean and up and up.
0: Um, well, we're looking Bowling forward to it, pal. We're looking, we're looking forward to it. Nothing like seeing my good buddy just, you know, just uh, all out there. All out there. Hopefully, Letting you know, hopefully they cut that one scene, you know. They don't ac- accidentally put in the shot.
1: Can you imagine the screen grab?
0: Dude, what if the editor just hates you, and they just are like, "I'm doing it." They're like, you know what?
1: Forget this guy. Forget He's this guy. Up.
0: You like you at some point like wronged him. He, you have no idea, man. I'd hate to see it. I, I'll, I'll get a, I'll get a screener. I'll watch it. I'll, I'll give you the heads up. I'll let you know how, how, it, how it plays. But hey, buried in Bristow. Barstow, Barstow. But you're, you're saying like. You're saying that this could be a thing, right? Like, it could be more than well, one.
1: what I'm saying is they signed a contract for four movies. And Whoa. we've already got number two, again, penned. It's ready to go. And so we're going to start shooting on that one. I don't know exactly when, but a couple dates have been kicked around. So we're going to make more movies of these. So, but I think they're also waiting to see how well like, they're liked. if People watch them. You know, I'm
0: excited about it. So people I'm, have
1: to, people have to tune in. They got to tweet about it. They, they got to get excited about this stuff. You
0: know, you got to get as excited as Chris Palaha gets in this movie. Uh, I, I'm, I'm excited. We're gonna cover it. We don't usually do Lifetime movies, but we're doing this one because of you.
1: Never said I got excited, Brian. <laughs> Never said that. You're.
0: You're, well, I feel like I feel like it's your character. It's implied. If funny, funny times. If funny times happen, you know.
1: i think the most awkward thing about love scenes in a movie is talking about love scenes from a movie. movie. with brand.
0: Yeah, let's uh, really let's dive into it. Let's. <laughs> um, and right now you're at uh you're you're in a city called can cans
1: like illinois we don't say the s can like
0: like a can of coke right so you're in a city called can and there's a festival there called can Mm -hmm. which i felt like it was very original um backstory there for everybody at home i always thought that it was the
1: you thought it was parents right
0: I assumed I assumed that there would be a movie festival in Paris and it was just called Cannes.
1: <laughs>
0: and Chris texts me and he's like, no, it's a city of moron. And I'm like, I don't know. I don't know this stuff. There's more than you one know. city. There's more than one city in France. Um, but that's this is pretty cool. This is the this is the festival where they do like very long standing ovations. And I'm always like, I'm reading these articles about a nine minute standing ovation. I'm like, what are you doing for that nine minutes? But it's pretty cool that you're there.
1: It's cool. And it is nine minutes. Like, and and you have to wear a tuxedo and a bow tie and you're there with the director and the, um, a lot of the cast. And so you, you, you
0: had a screening, you had a screening.
1: We had a screening, not like that. I mean I'm gonna be really honest with you. Ours was in the American Pavilion for the emerging show for the emerging filmmaker showcase. Okay. I will say this though, Jamie Foxx was at my screening. The actor. That's cool. Yeah. It was real cool. Uh, what
0: for? Just were, to hang out? You just wanted to see it?
1: I think he was supporting another film that was in that was in my block of films and there were so there were six six films chosen for this. Um but just to be honest with you, like, just to have your, like, I directed a, a movie.
0: Right. So tell me great. about, tell me about this movie and how, like, what it is, how you got involved in it, but then also how it ended up going to a city called Cannes.
1: Sure. Have we never talked about this with your listeners? No, never we've never. About- I don't
0: think we've, had, I, I believe the only thing we talked about that you directed was a shorts, which we've, we've talked about and I've seen and it's great, but this is a full blown movie.
1: No, no no this is the short
0: film. Okay, this is the short. Okay. So you direct the short. Mm-hmm. Okay. And now yeah. it's uh, it, now it's at a festival.
1: And it's in, so it's called the work of art. And it's the short that like we won a we wanted a Best Drama Award in Chandler, Arizona. So like Plahahas, like Laha Nation. They all they all they all know this. This is the, the work of art. This is the thing that people know about. But for those of you who don't know what I do um, it's something that I filmed with a young lady, her name is Sylvie Pratt, and she was really interested in becoming an actor, and her dad called me up and said, hey man, will you do me a favor? And I said, I mean, he wanted me to introduce her to my agent, and I said, it's, it's not, him, Paul will meet with her, but he's not going to sign her, because like, she doesn't. she's too green. I said, but if we wanted to make some like little scenes and we could maybe give her a reel and she can have something to go into the world with, we could do that because I want to direct and that's something that was good for me as well. So we decided to film seven little scenes in one weekend. We did it all for free. The whole thing was shot for free. And they ended up being pretty good. And so a year later, we shot nine more scenes and we had more stuff that was pretty good. And so I called my friend, my editor friend, his name is Barry Wise. Went to high school with Barry. He's been editing for 20 years on like shows like CSI and Gotham and all these different shows. And I say, Barry, will you take a look at this and just see if you can turn something into it? So in about a month, he he puts together about a 25 minute film and there's a lot of fat in it. There's a lot of stuff. And then the pandemic hits and he's got nothing else to work on. And I'm like, well, let's just keep working on a work of art. And so we just slowly keep editing slowly keep editing and every day and then we find out that to be a contestant or a contender for short film festivals you have to come in in around 15 minutes so then we were charged to lose 12 minutes of a short film which is half and turned out this really lean beautiful story about an uncle and a niece and the little girl wants to commit suicide, and she's in the act of doing it. By swimming in the Pacific Ocean, she's gonna drown herself and drift off to sea. And while she goes underneath the water, she has these sort of, it's as if her life is flashing before her eyes kind of thing. But every, every remembrance is of her uncle speaking life into her and saying how much, how precious she is and how much value she has. And anyway, it's enough. There's this last particular scene that that i won't you know that i won't spoil but it's enough for her to like kick her way back up from the depths of the ocean and fight to see another day and it's just Mm -hmm. a really beautiful pro-life movie and what's crazy about it is we made it and then while the pandemic was happening this is a pretty this is a downer conversation for a show that's as light and fun as yours but the second the second killer after pandemic I mean after COVID was suicide. And specifically a lot of teenage suicide was right. happening. So this film all of a sudden was about it spoke straight into that and straight into, you know, families who are losing people and and, and it's not anybody it's never anybody's fault. And you so it's not a, it's not a saying, well hey, had you you know spoken more kindly to people they wouldn't have done this. But it's really about like while you've got the chance while you've got somebody in front of you it's a sweet reminder of like really just loving on the people that you're with so anyway it's um it it had this life again i said the whole thing was shot for free I thought we were just going to make a reel for her to take and show agents, but then I showed it to a producer friend of mine, Emily Scott golden who then submitted it to film festivals. And Cannes was the first one we got into. It's this American Pavilion Emerging wow. Filmmaker Showcase. And that was where our world premiere was, and it was online. But they also, so for 2021, that's where we got accepted. But then they were like, come and be a part of the festival this year. So we're here, and they showcased our movie, and it was just beautiful. It was a really cool experience.
0: Did you get a standing ovation?
1: Twenty-five minutes. Stop! They they clapped longer than the movie ran. (laughs) I was embarrassed. I was so embarrassed.
0: Uh, What do these people do? Like at at a certain point, and I think it's around thirty seconds of standing and clapping. You're just like, all right, like we get, like we've done what we did it. I, I, I what's more awkward the standing and clapping or the person who has to stand there and look around at people for nine 10 15 minutes while they're standing and cheering
1: a hundred percent the people being clapped for have you ever seen online the uh, standing ovation at um, once upon a time in Hollywood? And I don't the think camera so. literally just the camera zooms in like this and they just like watch the actors and the actors kind of stand there. And, and they're looking around the room and they're like, and they just, and the camera does not move. And it's, and they're just, and, they're, and it's like people like DiCaprio and Brad Pitt and Margot Robbie, and then it goes into like Quentin Tarantino. And there's only so much praise a person can take before right. they fill up and start to like sweat.
0: <laughs> right. Uh, but also like in a room that large, how did like... Is there someone giving them the, like, let's wrap it up sign? Like, how does a whole room of people decide we've had enough? We're done. Like you're minutes in, you are at the 10 minute mark and you're still going. At that point, just commit to the bit. Just never stop. Like, how how does everyone, how does everyone know?
1: I'll tell you what, it actually weirdly is a really organic thing. So I've been, I got to go to two premieres.
0: What have you seen?
1: Um, So the first one was Coupes. It's called Final Cut. It's in French, but it's beautiful. If you ever get a chance to see it, it's about filmmaking. Hey, they're leaving, they're leaving, they're taking off.
0: Good riddance.
1: You can just relax now. Um, It's called Coupes, and it's um, this beautiful French film about filmmaking and about family and it's about a zombie movie within a zombie movie. It's a very strange, I don't want for anybody who's out there who loves really great cinema, I won't ruin it, but it was so beautiful and it started, everyone for the first 30 minutes was like, what the F are we watching? Why is this a can? Like, this doesn't make any sense. And then the movie starts to tell its story and it starts to do what it does. And then the last 30 minutes of the film are genius and they're brilliant and it's one of the most beautiful cinema, like, films I've seen in a long, long time. And so we clap, and then the camera goes to the director, and you're clapping for this guy. And then you start to feel like, okay, we've given him his praise, and then the clapping goes down a little bit, and then the camera goes to the actor, and everyone starts clapping again. So the nine minutes is really, the audience feeling like feeling it and then as just as it starts to like settle down they put the camera on someone else. and you're like you I'm going to celebrate you individually and so that's where the 9 minutes gets built in
0: so the so the camera like it's not it like it goes on the big screen so the crowd is yes. able to see okay the that audience gives is looking that out. gives a little bit of like okay that's
1: context right
0: they're getting it's they're getting true. cues of who they're cheering for now it's not just exactly. like we still doing it? Right. We're all in still? Okay, right, that's helpful.
1: Right, right. But it's also when you're a can and you only get like a two-second pause, and it's not so good.
0: <laughs> you're like, what happened
1: to my nine minutes?
0: Does that happen?
1: Yeah, people are like, we're out. We're, gonna, we're leaving early. This sucks.
0: Oh, my gosh. What's the other movie you saw? What? What's the other movie you saw?
1: Oh, it's, and so then the other one was 3,000 um, Years of Longing, Idris Elba, and uh, it was a George, the, the George Miller film and, um, and Tilda Swinton, and then I got to go to a little party afterwards with those guys, which was really fun. It was fun, I and mean, it's fun. All it is is fun. It's
0: did like you get to you get time. to hang out with Idris Elba?
1: I did, man, he made a champagne, he's got a champagne that he was sharing with everybody.
0: And did he DJ his own party?
1: He didn't DJ his own party, he had somebody. Uh, it, was a, it was a fun night, though, I'm gonna be honest with you. And, and it, like every actor, I walked up and I said, hey, I just wanna let you know your film it was fun, it was fun, you did a great job. And he's like, thanks, you thanks. I said, but your champagne, man. It's really he's like, do you like it? And we had the conversation about his yeah. You talk to an actor about anything but acting, and they'll have like the greatest conversation with you. The C Bokine. One more called. We thank you. Um We We
0: We You just throw just throw in the little the little tiniest bit of French. Hey, they appreciate it. You know, it's
1: like I'm even I think I'm trying.
0: Do they? Do they appreciate it?
1: Well, the coolest thing is, is I'll try. I'll be like, And they're like, and, I'm like and they do their thing. And I'm like, I'm an American. You an English? And they're like, Yeah, English. We got English.
0: You need to, Next time he comes over, you need to ask him, would you rather me not say we? Oui? Like, do you like it when I throw in a we? Oui, or are you anti-we? But see, I wonder, like if you're a German
1: tourist and you come to the Carolinas, and you're like only speaking German and the waiter's like, dude, I don't understand you. And you just won't use English. At a certain point, you've got to find that, that, that bridge of commonality. out. It's got to be like, Wasse? Wasse? versus like, you know, "Schmetterling" the way through. You're like,
0: all right, I'll allow it. I'll allow it. Um, so what's what's next for the the film? Oh, so
1: we just got into an Oscar qualifying film. It's called International Shorts. It's in Indianapolis, um, no and it's an Oscar qualifying. It's an Oscar qualifying film festival. It's got kind of a life, dude. It's a really so. How does that show.
0: work if you win a category at an Oscar? Uh, so, if I,
1: so if I if I win in an Oscar qualifying film fest, say we win it. That we are officially an Oscar-qualified short film, and we could like, we could, you know, win an Oscar. Wow. That wow. A dream, right?
0: That's pretty sweet. So, what? You know, do you feel like this is starting to get out there, starting to gain some legs? Do you? F- are you hope like? Do you hope that someone knocks on your door to direct something like? Is that kind of where you want to head? You know what? Should we ask him? He's Go back. ahead.
1: I have a question for you. Yes, sir. So when Americans, I'm doing an interview, and I said yes. we, and he, so he's making fun of me right now. <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: So when Americans sit down at your table and we speak a little bit of French, yeah. do you like that? Or is he kind of like, all right, we no, got it's it. Good. It's better? Yeah, good. So I say yeah, merci. Like it, yeah. yeah. See, they like it, bro. He's giving me a hard time. He's like, they don't like it. Is <laughs> Thank you.
0: He's not gonna say no to you. His tip, his tip is uh, like he's he's trying to make some money here. Of course, he's gonna butter you up. No, he's not. No, I agree with you. I agree with you. I agree with you.
1: Um. So anyway, man, I you know life life. Here's the deal. You and I met. You and I met at a really precarious moment in my life, right? I was right. doing a Hallmark movie. You guys ridiculed the shit out of it. <laughs> Dan was like, "This is the worst haka duke pook a I've ever seen." And I had to take it on the chin, but as we all do, like we're all like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah." And 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 hey, they're not wrong. You guys
0: aren't wrong.
1: Like it's not it's not high art. We're not getting into can with the Hallmark movies, right? I mean, it's just not going to ever happen. Bare to
0: dream, hard.
1: but but what does happen is an artist has a soul and that soul has to express itself in any which way it can, and directing is something that I've always wanted to do. I've always been a director. Like when I was at NYU, I had this wonderful teacher named Bill Bly. Isn't Bill Bly who's who's the science guy?
0: Bill Nye.
1: Yeah. So this guy was Bill Bly. You want me to go Bill ahead? Bill
0: Bly. Bill Bly, the, the director guy. <laughs>
1: Yeah, Bill, Bill Bly. I used to write these little scenes for Bill Bly's theater history class. I'd get my actor friends to be in them, and I would direct these. As Instead of writing an essay, I would actually go ahead and write. And I did it, like, I, I must have done six or seven of those. And then I started Theater Company NYU with a buddy of mine, directed plays. I mean, I've always loved directing because I love working with actors, and I love trying to figure out ways to tell stories. With film, it just became a harder thing to do because... I started making money as an actor, and no one's gonna, no one's just gonna hand me a camera and say, Yeah, go for it. Let's see if you waste four million dollars or whatever the budget is. But so, with this little short film, I'm trying to hack the system a bit, and I'm trying to say, Well, look what I can do. And so, the better this thing does in all these festivals, that just kind of fattens up my, my resume. But by the way, man, you know what's happening with moments like this, right?
0: No, oh, you uh, you optioned it.
1: We optioned it, and we're turning it into a movie. And I think I kind of want to direct the movie.
0: Yeah. And
1: I'm looking around the landscape, but I'm kind of like, who else would do it? Like, I think I know exactly. So I think that's what's going to happen. We just got a writer, or we're getting a – by the time this airs, we're going to have a writer on board for the screenplay. Somebody that's exciting. Ann and, I, um, and we're just going to – it's full steam ahead, so – so, uh, that's something fun to look forward to.
0: Who, who optioned it? Can you say?
1: Yeah, it's Bassett Hound Productions. Um, it's the guy group. It's the guy who did... Uh, his name's Michael Goldstein. He's actually the guy who did Pearl in Paradise. Oh, okay. Yeah, and he was just like, you know what? I think it's a great book, and I think it would make a good movie. And I told him, I said, listen, this isn't for... We're not making a movie of the week. So, we're making a film. We want to do, like, Crazy Rich Asians or... So we're going to like, and and what's fun about it is when you have somebody who, and he's 100% agreed, he's like, I'm in on that, let's go for it, let's see what we can do. Um, And as a producer, the cool thing is, I've got this unbelievable DP, he's worked on extraordinary movies, and I happen to know him through the Cordillera film festival that I'm a part of, and I said, would you want to do this, and go live in Hawaii for, you know, a couple months, and make a movie? He's like, absolutely, we can make a beautiful movie. And. So I think I think what happens is when you make a decision to aim for something and you go for that, you gotta let the chips fall where they may, but that's the plan right now.
0: So okay, I don't wanna, you know, listen. This is obviously What do you wanna be in I... the
1: movie? Is that what this you're is, saying
0: right now? This is obviously something that we can work on together, right?
1: I think I've got a role for you and I'm putting you in my movie. You want to come to Hawaii and film a, a scene?
0: Can I bring my family? Shh,
1: just, just, you can't fly first, but yeah, sure. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I
0: really just want to bring my wife. My kids could shove off, but if I go to Hawaii without my wife for the first time, it won't, it like, no, it's not going to end out well for anybody.
1: I know it's a divorce for everybody involved. Okay, so here's the villa. This is where we are. Oh, yeah. I'm with these are the people that I'm with, Cordillera Film Festival folks, and doing a little of that. And then down here, blue, I don't know if you can see it, there's a blue building kind of like mm-hmm. right in my fingers, maybe. Mm-hmm. That's the Palais. So that's where like the red carpet is. That's where all those fancy pictures get taken. <clears throat> and then you keep making your way around. There's the Riviera, it's the Mediterranean. Wow,
0: look at that. Look at that. That's pretty good, right? That's beautiful. <clears throat>
1: It's just pretty. It's just a really beautiful, first off, I gotta do a public shout out to my wife for just letting me take the time to come here and do this. My kids, they were like, go dad, you've earned it. It's a big deal to have a short film here at this thing and specifically the Emerging Filmmaker Showcase through American Pavilion. And, um, and my wife was like, go for it, man. You've worked really, really hard for a long time. And so I've been here by myself for what's going to go on for almost two weeks and every day I'm just seeing movies. I'm just, I've networked with a bunch of other filmmakers and producers and uh, I've just had really, it's been a really cool and like a recharging time as an artist because you know, like when you're just hustling and, and you're in the flow, and it's just hustle, flow, hustle, flow, make money, hustle, flow, hustle, flow. It's hard to be creative and, and dream again. And it feels kind of mm. like it did back in the day when I was starting out. We're like, what do I want to do? What would, what would be fun? And so you got a bunch of people saying, well, we could do that. Like that would be cool. Let's make that happen. Let's do this. Or let's do that.
0: Yeah, that's great. That's I posted great. I love yesterday
1: it. that uh, I was pitching at Ken. It was a workshop. And he chose four people to pitch, and he cho- I was one of the four people. And just to get up in front of a—it was a room with probably eighty people in it. And Just to stand up in front of eighty other, you know, other filmmakers and you know people who are doing this and share an idea. Cut to—it's stolen. <laughs> are you serious? No, no, I'm just saying. Oh. Cut to, like in a year from now, I'm like, wait a minute, that's the thing I pitched a tan.
0: <laughs> I was about to say, boy, that they move quick over there. They move quick. <laughs> Man, their siren is more annoying than ours.
1: Yeah, isn't it? Here, let's see. Let you- some a more
0: annoying siren.
1: Here, look, can you see it?
0: Good lord. Oh. Yeah, it's pretty annoying. Did they just did it just stop when it drove it's- by you or yeah,
1: it did. It literally was like, "Ooh, he's doing an interview." Sorry,
0: <laughs> that's on us. That's on me. We we didn't know. We I'm sorry, we, we our bad. You had we we to
1: Hallmark interview. Sorry,
0: uh, that takes precedence. Um, going back really quickly, you mentioned um, <clears throat> was it Tom, Tom Cruise was in the Majestic?
1: Apparently, he's uh, above us right here in this villa.
0: Really? Is he is he the biggest name there right now?
1: Um yeah and the articles were really like they were like Tom Cruise is like an old leather jacket that still fits he's, as, he's as comforting it as, as an old leather saying that he is the last Hollywood star not just action star but like the last Hollywood star where they're like he, he, doesn't, have, he doesn't need a Marvel, he doesn't need a superhero franchise, he doesn't need an ensemble like he's enough and uh, they might be right huh you know It's definitely a different universe than it used to be regarding Hollywood and the import we put on our our actors, except for a small contingency of people out there who call themselves the Palahahas.
0: That's right. They are
1: fierce and loyal.
0: That's right. Um, Let's go back really quick to our... um, trip to Hawaii that we're going to do to, for work. Yeah, 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 um, yeah.
1: I just got to work in the part. I got to make it right. I want to make yeah, it. I'm right.
0: not worried about that. I, 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 I that's, would you say you be
1: open to shaving?
0: <sighs> yeah. I mean, I'm open to it. That's just like, I don't know what's under here, dude. Like when is the last time you shaved? It's been 10 plus years. Easy. Like since college, did you have this, have you been growing
1: this since I, college?
0: I, I had a little something since high school. And I don't You're know like if I like
1: Mike Beck. Mike Beck did that. He always had something, and then in college he grew it, and hasn't shaved it since. Yeah, I don't I know seen Mike's face. Since sophomore year in high school.
0: My my worry is, I mean, I know I'm just like a dyed- dynam- like I'm just a, a like just so good looking with the beard. My concern is that I shave it, and then people are like, "Oh, oh, it's like it's like the Phantom of the Opera or something." Like this is my <laughs> your mask.
1: To be like, where's your chin?
0: Oh my god! You know what it's like.
1: It's like everybody in their masks in the pandemic. That's right. These, these people and they got really attractive eyes and then they take their mask off you're like, "Whoa." <laughs>
0: whoa, <laughs> whoa. Pandemic's been good to you. Uh, yeah, that's my concern. But of I of for for yeah. this project, of course I would I would shave for you, of course. You know what your your, your skin is going to be different. Like your skin it's going to be white AF. Gonna be I'm going to have to go I'm gonna have to go out I mean I'm already like paced, but I'm gonna have to go to Hawaii like a month early and it just like
1: have like this like baby, I don't know what is it, like think about what your skin is itself is gonna look like, let alone the shape of your jaw and your upper lip. Like we're gonna be like, Whoa, this hasn't seen the sun in two decades. It's gonna be all I like, also-
0: <laughs> I love the idea of also like four four uh, years into doing this podcast, we get a little a little uh, movie movie time on screen, and no one's gonna recognize. It. Everyone's gonna be like, exactly. 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 They'll be like, Wait, Bran was in Chris's movie. make Any sense? Yeah. Um, where? But Where's so you it? you you wanna you you wanna direct it, which is great. Um, if you got like in the like, let's just say like you got into the Hallmark world of directing, where they were like pinging you multiple times a year. Like how much, how many times would you have to direct to like make what you make for like doing two Hallmark movies a year or whatever it is that you're doing? Like I imagine the directors aren't making the same as the, the leads. So you would have to oh, feel like, you'd have to I, I work think, a lot more.
1: Yeah. I think it'd be like a four to one prospect. Wow. Even five to one. man, And that's just for one. That's not for the two a year. That would just be like one movie be a four to one prospect probably but you know what they're never gonna they're never gonna hire me to be a director for hallmark because i'm not canadian
0: so you know dirty little
1: secret right all the Mm -hmm. men all the men on the hallmark channel are canadian and there's one
0: there's one of the two leads is is typically always yeah
1: always one of the two has to be canadian and yeah. my career on Hallmark has been interesting because Jill is American and I'm American. Right. Um, uh, Megan Markle and I were both Americans. Um. And Carly Pope and I. No, Carly was Canadian. Carly was from Vancouver. But it's Lindy, you, they, they just don't get the Vancouver.
0: they don't get the tax credit, right? If if yeah, one of them is it,
1: it, it doesn't. And so so another thing about Mystery 101 that was such a surprising thing was that like. Our writer was American. Our director of episodes or films one and two was American. Jill and I were both American. So they weren't, that was a very expensive thing for them to make initially because they weren't getting those tax credits. Tax, tax credits are, are massive. So when you get your lead guy who's a Canadian or your lead girl who's a Canadian, you're getting, that's a part of this little bundle of like needing a few of the top players to be from Canada in order to but what like what is
0: what qualify like with these movies it has to be one of the one of the two leads like could you have a third player that you know is like the best friend does that count or no
1: no it has to be a specific page count i believe it's like wow it has to be somebody who carries a a lion's share of the dialogue the director a writer not a writer a production company so it's like a it's like a legit thing and and I, I mean, I've had meetings with Hallmark and I said, I would love to direct and I'm Like you're not Canadian. So you probably, unless we do something in the States, we probably won't be calling you for that.
0: But there's like a lot of like Atlanta, like does a lot of movies now. Cause they have like big tax credits. Yeah. I mean, they,
1: not for Hallmark. They'll do, I think Hallmark does maybe three to four in the country, in the United States a year.
0: But why would the Atlanta tax credits not qualify for Hallmark?
1: I mean, listen, man, you're speaking to the choir. Uh, Nevada has tax credits. I'm from Nevada, and they have 25%. And I'm like, I will film. I will write and film and make a movie for you guys in Nevada. I'll get soft money. People would love it. Um, uh, Tennessee has credits. Utah has credits. Florida has credits. They all have credits. They've done
0: Utah. They filmed in Utah.
1: They've done Utah. um, And it was funny because, I mean, Utah, like, you tap out of it, so there's only, like... There's only so many you can do in these certain states because then the tax credits run out. Whereas in Canada, because it's because it's a government-funded, like, it's, you know, this is where socialism kicks in, it's a limitless, it's an endless fountain of money. They're just, they, right. the, the government's like, we want productions here, we're willing to pay people to bring their productions here. And the tax credit basically means, my intent is to spend two million, but at the end of the day I only have to spend 1.2 million Plus yeah. the dollar is stronger, so now I'm really only spending a million of my own money and getting two million dollars worth of product. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's it really it I mean it's a pretty it's it's a significant savings.
0: That's right. They filmed in North Carolina and South Carolina. They did uh they did a few movies there. So I don't well, know what we the did deal is.
1: Barstow, Barstow.
0: That's right, in Charlotte. Yep. Is it going to continue in Charlotte?
1: I really think it is. Um, uh, I know Angie's hoping that it does. I know that. Is she from Charlotte. She's from Charlotte. Yeah.
0: Oh wow. That's cool.
1: Yeah. She like, she Charlotte. lives there now. She's yep. She is. She is your neighbor, dude.
0: Wow. That's awesome. Good for her. So did, that was probably her like being like, let's, you know, let's yeah. Do this 100%. Sure.
1: She, she a hundred percent was like, my daughters are in school. Like come do, come do it here. Um, And there's no reason not to. The infrastructure's in place. The crew was amazing. Um, And that's the thing, you know, like, that's, I think that's the big conundrum about, you know, we're, we're sending our work elsewhere and and it's awesome for those elsewheres, but America, like nothing shoots in LA anymore. Um, Yeah. It's just an interesting business right now.
0: Yeah. That's like what? How much longer like do you think hollywood will always be the hub of like where actors live and do the auditions and stuff or like because auditions have now kind of pivoted towards being tape and continuing that even though the pandemic's essentially over um and there's tax credits way better elsewhere like is hollywood gonna not be hollywood anymore
1: i mean it's there's already a mass exodus taking place i have so many friends who've left they're like we're done we're out of here we're going to so many people have gone to North, uh, have gone to uh, uh, Nashville, yep, uh, Austin, Texas, like, I mean, it literally, and you're looking at taxes, and when you hear Gavin Newsom threaten to hike up the taxes another 50%, you're like, wait, what? Like, we got to, yeah. yeah. like, there's so much money uh, that an actor gives away. Like, I got to, you know, I just got, I signed my contract for this job, and they said, this is what you're paid. We're going to pay you this much. But then we're we're holding this much for Canadian taxes. Plus I got to do 10% to my agent, 10% to my manager. So then the the money isn't – so you see a number and you're like, ooh. And then you see this other number and you're like, oh, okay. So what I'm really seeing is – and it's just different. And then when you live in California, you can't even say you're seeing that. You're seeing – I don't know how people do it to be really honest with you. I don't know how anybody is making money. I don't know how anybody is like putting food. (laughs) So aside
0: from your kid's school, like what's keeping you in California?
1: Um, that's it, that's it.
0: So when your boys graduate,
1: we might be making a move. That's my wife would love that our youngest, uh, but the school is amazing. We have this unbelievable community of people that we just adore. And we have invested a hundred percent. Like you guys, I mean, I know you guys watch me on like, we did a short, we did a, a full feature length film this year that I helped produce. Um, that I acted in with the kids, that I mentored as they went through. And from September all the way into February, they made a movie, like a bona fide feature film that's great. Um, one of the young men that was working on it, he was second, he was kind of like first, like he was basically assistant directing. And I said, hey, Grant, what do, you, what do you want to do? He's like, well, I want to direct. I said, what do you want to direct? He's like, I've got this idea for a Western. I said, well, my son wants to be in a Western. I said, I'll be in it. Why don't my son and I, let's write, write it up show me what you got so he wrote this really cool eight minute little western and we went and shot it and we did it and again all this stuff is it's doable because it's like the equipment is free we're not having to rent equipment we're not having to so we're able to make stuff and then my son wrote the music so i've got like a songwriter who's given me original content which is what happened with a work of art uh, mm-hmm. A man named Joe De Blasi, who's my son's guitar teacher. He used to be the session guitarist for Elvis Presley, Bruce Springsteen, Pink Floyd. This guy has played with everybody. Okay.
0: Wow. He's
1: an amazing guitarist. He's a session guitarist. So he's the guy that yeah. you call him. In fact, Pink Floyd's, uh, anybody out there, that little guitar riff, that's him on the album because he plays wow. so clearly and cleanly. So. Joe De Blasi, I gave him my track, which included David Bowie music, Peter Gabriel music, Coldplay, um, uh, uh, Vanessa Pettiddy, like it was really expensive music and I couldn't afford it for a short film. So I said, hey Joe, will you give me stuff that feels like these? So it's the same colors, same tone, same emotional resonance. And the dude went off and wrote me four original songs for free, like the guy, it's amazing. So all that to say, if you're, you know, you got somebody out there who's listening and they want to get into this business or they want to write music or they want to do the book or, and like what you guys did, you just reached into the universe and made it so. And I think that's kind of the moral of, of, of my life these days. It's just like, all right, how do we just, how do we think the thing that's happening is awesome. and grateful for that. But now how do we, do the next thing? How do we right. extend it? How do we grow it out? How do we enlarge? I call it enlarging the footprint. How do I enlarge the footprint? And, you know, now with, with a work of art, Grant's movie, the Coliseum of Oaks, like that's three things I've produced where I'm looking at how you just build the pieces. Um, and again, a lot of kindness of strangers making it happen. There's a guy named Alex Shepchenko who did all the coloring and all of the uh, sound mixing and all the beautiful stuff that makes it look like a film? Both of them, Coliseum and the short film for Grant, did that for free. Like he basically wow. gave us this gift of probably what would run close to 75000 bucks. Wow. He just, you know, he's got a kid at the school and he wanted it to look good and he's invested and in, he's an invested parent. So there's a world out there where, you know, you can get it done when you want to.
0: What, uh, what did you shoot work of art with? Because I imagine you don't have like a red camera lying around your house.
1: No, we shot it on, it was a student's Canon something or other and it wasn't automatic focus. And so like-
0: No we, kidding.
1: Literally, like it was one of those cam- It wasn't a Black Magic. It wasn't, yeah. it was, but it was a good camera. Um, but again, a work of art it was my, I had, I had <clears throat> it consisted entirely of a student crew and the only money that was spent was five thousand dollars and we had an investor, so that wasn't any of our money, but like somebody who believed in the project and believed in the people in it, and they said, I'm gonna give you five thousand bucks if you ever happen to sell this or whatever, give that back. But in the meantime, I'm just writing it off. And that got chopped in half. And finale, which is the Canadian uh post house that used to work on Mystery 101 had great relationship with them and I called them up and I said, Would you be willing to I have literally five thousand bucks. I need a color time, like I need it washed and I need sound mixing. Would you take twenty five hundred? And they were like, Absolutely. You know, because that becomes four in Canada. Right. And um and so, you know, that movie so there is a cost, but it was considering how much it can cost, it was relatively inexpensive, you know?
0: Yeah. That's awesome. I love that. When um, can it? We can't watch it, right? It's not streaming anywhere. I, no, have I not sent you a link? I haven't seen it. No, but I I'm not. Sent I sent mean, you
1: a link, and you can't. Obviously, you can't share it, unfortunately, but because we're still doing the festival circuit, so it can't be out right. in the world. But I want you to watch it because I think you'll be really. I think you. I think you'll. I mean, what if you hate it? What if you're like blah. <laughs> That sucked, dude. You're a terrible. I uh,
0: I don't want to go to Hawaii anymore,
1: actually. If this is this is your
0: quality of work.
1: Yeah. Hard pass. Dan's the one that's like, I actually really liked it. And you're like, no, this was terrible.
0: That's actually dumpster fire. Probably a safe bet. (laughs) If it's like a real real film, hard pass for brand. Hard pass for (laughs) brand. Um all right. Well let's let's wrap this sucker up. You've got um a lot coming up this month. Very excited for you. Um, Thank you. The, the lifetime movie, everybody watch it. I think it's going to be great. You get to see more of Chris than ever before.
1: You're never going to want to see, I wonder if they keep my butt in it. I, my butt. If, my if,
0: butt. if they don't keep your butt in it,
1: people should I'm, write letters. It's a lifetime.
0: What's a good, like, uh, like a catch catchy, someone will come up with it, like, but a catchy, like hashtag about <clears throat> your butt. Like there's something good there. Um, how do you I feel mean, about your butt? Was that like a? You feel good about your butt? I mean, I gotta be
1: honest with you, man. I don't look at my butt too often. And so I, like,
0: I would like. I know my like. You know, I've I've witnessed. I've seen my butt a few times. Like, yeah, I don't want that out in the world. You're like, that's not something people need to see. No It's like my. I mean, it's like under my beard. No one wants to see that. I'll tell you what, man. I am a relatively
1: hairless human being i've got i've got this i've got all the i've got all the appropriate hair and all the appropriate places on my body but my chest i don't have a ton of hair on my chest i don't have any hair on my back i got no hair on my butt so i was sitting there and my wife she said let me see and i dropped trial <laughs> and, and she looked and she was like i mean she's like yeah it's 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 fine you're gonna be okay and i was like like like, like it's okay she's like, i mean she's like what do you want me to say it's it's like Yes, it's It's a butt. You can show your butt. And I saw it um, in the take that I saw. My character drops his towel and kind of dizzily, like, kind of lets Angie's character take a little peek at his Uh Uh hiding. And it's, um, I thought, I wasn't embarrassed. I was like, yeah, that works. But then then I asked the publicist, or I asked somebody, I was like, so did my butt make the final cut? And they were like, I don't think so. I didn't see it. And I was like, never. Never the good
0: stuff. That's disappointing. I, I I don't even want to watch it anymore. I was literally only watching for the butt. I just I I, I just can't imagine a world where are you going to work uh, your butt into every movie now? Is it in, is it in your contract? You're the butt yeah. guy. Yeah. Everybody needs a thing. What if your thing was in everything that you are in? Your butt is like to make up for what is lost potentially in this movie. Never again. Never again. Not if your contract has anything to say about it.
1: Can you imagine if I'm like contractually, like the butt shut stays in the picture?
0: Let me ask you this. This is the last question. What's the weirdest?
1: The butt stays in the picture. That's the hashtag. 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 But the butt stays in the picture. I like that.
0: Um, real last thing. What's the weirdest thing you've heard somebody have in their contract? Have You You don't have to say a name, but I'm sure like there's stories that go around about, can you believe this guy?
1: Yeah, I mean, I heard a story last night. Literally, like, the eye contact was the, was the thing where they were like, just don't oh. look at the person. Like, That's
0: real, huh? That's a real walking,
1: thing. Yeah, when they're walking through set, do not make eye contact, do not engage. Um, but, like, personally, you know, personally, to be really honest with you, anyone who tells you if they, if they know somebody else's contract, I'm going to say that they're lying. People do not share their contract information with each other. That stuff is like under lock and key and you never see an actor's contract. So unless the actor's bragging and saying in my contract, I have, but then do you believe them? That's the other thing people it's, it's like bankers. It's when actors become bankers. We don't talk about anything contractual. Um, There's just an etiquette to it. It's kind of classless. So like that, there's like a
0: rumor out there, like the rock in his contract, like, can't lose more than one fight in a movie or something like that so like if i if we see rumors like that it's probably not true i mean who is leaking
1: that information right if you're the actor and your team if okay if you're the actor and all of a sudden your contract is leaked that means one of two things has happened the company that you've signed the contract is in breach of their confidentiality agreement or your agency is in breach because you're not going to talk about um, it would be a really quick. It, there's not that many people who see it. You know what I mean? There's business affairs, like even the production company, the director will never see my contract. All of the people who work, there's maybe two people who will ever lay eyes on that contract. So if it leaks, I mean, that's a big deal. That's a big, that's like, so yeah, all that stuff is like weird Hollywood folklore. No one's looking at contracts and no one.
0: But it is a safe bet if. In the, your next movie, there's a butt that you didn't. Then you do. might have
1: planted a seed where yeah. the hashtag butt stays in the picture. Dude, it's
0: going to be everywhere, man. Entertainment <laughs> Weekly, everybody's going to be writing about uh, your, your butt contract. And there's no such thing as bad publicity. Started here. You heard it here first. Chris, I love you, buddy.
1: Love you too, Brain.
0: Thanks so much for coming on. And oh gosh, it's been a really long time. Um, <laughs> until next time, maybe the first What's to wish that? you. From South Carolina to, to the, the city of Cain, Cannes, Cannes, All the way to Kane, the Kane. South Carolina. That's Australia. right. Merry what? Christmas. Merry Christmas to Deck the Hallmark is a Bramble Jam podcast recorded live in, yeah, that Greenville, South Carolina is produced by Brandon Gray, set decor by Plum Haywood Mall. For more information on all Bramble Jam podcasts, you can go to bramblejampodcast.com. For more information on how to listen to Deck the Hallmark ad-free, you can go to Bramble Jam Plus. You're about to hear some ads that help keep the lights on here at the studio. Feel free to listen. Feel free to turn it off, whatever you want to. But either way, thanks so much for your support.